It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Karting at Council Bluffs, online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And uh, coming up in turn number one, we're going to cover a couple of headlines. Uh, a former series is being reignited. A uh, friend of the show has got himself a new truck series ride Charger chassis is uh, continuing to uh, get out rules and information regarding the crown Vic class. And then in uh, turn number two, we're going to sit down with a couple of NHRA former members. Um, they were part of the uh, Ron caps Napa uh, team for a couple of, for a while, right? Well, that was one of the teams they were with and they're still actually working several races a year with some of the smaller mm-hmm. teams um, flying in and out. And I want to say, if I remember right, they t- they talk about it in the uh, interview of how many yeah. races they were this year. It was a half dozen, eight races, something like that. But, uh, yeah, they've got championship rings off the NHRA side and stuff, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, a couple of really cool guys. They opened up a speed shop in Omaha, appropriately named Omaha Speed Shop. We'll talk with Dustin and Terry in turn number two about what they have going on and uh, if they can help you guys out with uh, anything. And uh, we always do appreciate your guys' support. Head over there and just go check them out, see what they've got. Uh, I know they'd love to see uh, anybody walking through the door, uh, especially this time of year when I imagine uh, it's probably the calm before the storm when things really start kicking up in February for uh, for the 2024 race season. Well, they their deal isn't so much race vehicles. Remember, they were telling us they're fixing 56 Duesenbergs and, yeah. you know, all that classic car stuff. They're kind of like pre-1980. Yeah. Carburetor, points distributors, and that type of specialty stuff is what they're working on. Thank you for the reminder. It, I probably should have gone back and listened to the interview a little bit better. But, uh, well, God, we recorded that back. Is that November? Uh, I think that was an October night, if I'm okay. not mistaken. Probably. So way past my window of of remembering. but And they'll also be able to uh, go have a chat with them if they want. They're going to have a booth down at the World of Wheels coming up here in two months. So mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's get things kicked off with our old buddy Spencer Boyd. He has formed a NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series team. I believe it's called Freedom Racing Enterprises. Interesting name with the word enterprises. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was uh, just announced on uh, Monday, I believe, when they uh, made that big announcement. And uh, um, I know they're uh, he's become pretty good friends with the Krogers. Um, Yeah. So they're they're pretty excited about the whole deal. And um, I just hope and again, I don't know that I hope they go ahead and do a spec engine, you know, I, I know it's expensive part of the truck budget, but the uh, the spec engine's worth uh, roughly forty to fifty horsepower. So on your non-restrictor plate tracks, it's a big deal. Restrictor plate tracks are in the draft, not quite such a big deal. Mm-hmm. But you get onto your mile and a half and your Richmonds and your Bristols and stuff like that, and that fifty horsepower is a bunch. So. Uh, but good-looking truck. Um, looks like one of the uh, primary sponsors is also one of his new partners. 
And he's got uh, Jeff Hammond, who I personally don't care for. Hollywood Hammond? Yeah, I'm not a Hollywood Hammond fan. <laughs> and uh, but he's uh, how much he's going to be around at the track and stuff. I would suppose he's going to be there, but as a GM, he's probably going to be more in the smooths and the sponsors type stuff than you know working on the actual race truck or in that end of it. If he was going to be in that end of it, they'd have probably named him a crew chief. Yeah, but I think he's been pretty much away from that side of the sport long enough that he would probably need a couple of years worth of refresher course. But uh, he used to deep. He was uh, a crew chief for Daryl Waltrip for a long time. And then when Daryl would come back 20 years ago and maybe run Martinsville and Richmond or something like that in the truck series, I got to have a few run-ins with the guy, and I'm not a fan. So, Oh, I was wondering what the story was behind that. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And, you know, he was nicknamed Richard Cranium in the garage. So, <laughs> I get that one. Uh, with the press release, sounds like Freedom Racing Enterprises has been acquiring uh, assets throughout the 2023 season. They do anticipate running a full season in 2024 for the Craftsman Truck Series. So always good to have uh, a new organization coming in. I don't think I would call Spencer Boyd new blood in the sport, but uh, picking up a new role, uh, starting a truck series team, that's uh, that's good good news. Yeah, and uh, depending on exactly what they acquired, when they acquired it type deal, because there's also the team coming um, for uh, Moffitt out of uh, the Petty garage um that started a truck team mm -hmm. um, so there's going to be two new truck teams coming in and they've kind of committed now i know they right i don't know but i'm pretty sure they ended up with a bunch of the uh gms stuff when gms closed their truck shop considering that galley or uh gallagher, gallagher is now involved and in part owner of legacy which is with Richard Petty. So yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where all of their equipment went. So what they acquired and who they acquired it from, I don't really know because everything that Kyle Bush had all went to, uh, uh, yeah. I can't even think of the name of who, who got them. Yeah, uh, I didn't see who purchased all the KBM stuff. Yeah. It was the, uh, the 77 cup car. It's not Spire. Was it? Yeah. Spire. That's okay. who it is. That's who it is. And uh, evidently, that's where their truck series team is, if I'm not mistaken, is being driven. Or, uh, uh, Ty Dillon is going to be driving that truck on a okay. full-time basis. So okay. evidently, that ride that he was supposed to have full-time kind of fell apart with uh, um, Colleague. He was supposed to be in the 16 car, but they've already got uh, – um, AJ entered back in that for Daytona. So they've already, they've announced it's going to be a, a multiple driver deal. Okay. So, uh, I think you're talking about the 25 of Rackley war racing. Oh yeah, that's right. That's where Ty ended up. Yeah. Yeah. That's where Ty ended up. Um, who the hell is in that other truck? Now? I'll have to go back. I'm getting them all mixed up. There's so much moving around going around right now. I it mean. truly is silly season. Oh yeah. It, it's crazy out there right now. But uh, good luck to Spencer. Hope everything goes great for him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him maybe taking it easy a few races into the season, trying to get everybody's feet wet, um, trying not to destroy any equipment. 
that type of situation. Continuing along the series of NASCAR, uh, NASCAR Hall of Famer Ray Evernham and former team owner Rob Kaufman have partnered together to purchase the rights for IROC Holding LLC. They have the intent to have an IROC event in 2024 with historic IROC cars while exploring future opportunities, according to the press release that came out on Monday. Yeah, I didn't read that one. I saw it come across on Facebook today, but I didn't get a chance to read it. And uh, it's interesting when they say historic IROC cars, because they had several <laughs> different models of cars they used. But it's it's right up Everham's alley with what he's doing with the uh, uh, the Dirt Series the last couple of years. Uh, the SRX Series? SRX, there you go. Yeah, I was having trouble finding that. I mean, that's basically an IROC series. All the cars are supposed to be the same. You know, he just yeah. uh, got different drivers in them, and that's what the IROC always was. I only, I got to be at one IROC race in my years of doing that traveling stuff. I think it was 2003 at Richmond, and I didn't have anything to do with IROC. They kind of had their own set of officials and everything. So I was just standing down in the corner turns three and four right by uh, the entrance to pit road and just listening. And, and Matt Kempis just destroyed everybody that night. He went out and ran away from that deal, but going through three and four, he was on the throttle two or three car lengths before anybody else in the field. And he just walked the dog on him that night. So cars that were supposed to be even might've been even, but the driver's style was obviously a lot different for him. Yeah. So, uh, the IROC series ran from looks like 73 to 2006, kind of uh, comprised a medley of uh, champions from NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One, some other series. Um, Ray, uh, apparently Ray Evernham, I didn't realize this, that he'd gotten his start at the IROC series before moving over to NASCAR and uh, teaming up with Jeff Gordon and winning their championships. Well, I, he might have got his start up in the big leagues, but I mean, he was a racer back up in the Northeast, ran modifieds, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So, but yeah, as far as, yeah, there were a lot of guys. Uh, uh, Wally Rogers was in mm. with Ira really? for a while. Uh, uh, Mark Martin won a record five titles. Dale Earnhardt Sr. won four. A.J. Floyd, Al Unzer Jr. each won two apiece. Um, so... Uh, what do you think? Is this going to be kind of a neat thing or is this going to be a shtick that's going to come and go? I don't know if they're going to try and run the series like it used to be run, you know, where they select six or eight tracks and they're going to take, you know, a few guys from, again, the different disciplines. They used to run 12 or 14 cars. Yeah. You know, and I mean, Steve Kinzer was in there as the world outlaws champion several times and, and stuff like that. So they took a lot of different disciplines in there to run. It wasn't just all asphalt drivers. And, uh, you know, um, if the racing's good, it might stick around. If the racing's not good, it probably won't last long. But the uh, the historic cars part is what kind of gets me. Um, you know, I mean, the cars are all fabricated. It's not like they're going out and trying to buy A-frames for a 1980 Camaro or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a tube A-frame, so they can make any parts they would need. It's not like they're going to run out of parts or something. But uh, if they're actually historic cars and they're going to be buying them from car collectors, I, I just don't get it. I don't get why they do that. Yeah. 
Well, we will see what happens, but Ray Abraham and Rob Kaufman. Uh, Rob Kaufman, someone we really haven't talked about much. Uh, he was one of the part owners in the uh, Michael Waltrip Racing Organization and kind of uh, a very unceremoniously exit from the sport after the whole debacle with uh, uh, Clint Boyer, Martin Trux Jr., and the Michael Waltrip team. I always get the track wrong. Richmond. Richmond, thank you. I See, I want to say Darlington. I don't know why I always want to say Darlington. Um, but right after that, uh, and, and the penalties came down and the, and kind of NASCAR kind of lowered the boom on those guys. Rob Kaufman, uh, promptly exited the sport. He, he's been kind of floating around, helping out here and there and doing some stuff, but not really in the headlines, but kind of making his name back in or getting his well, way back in, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he'll ever be locked forever, be locked into NASCAR history because he's basically the father of the, uh, charter system. Rob Kaufman. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely so. right. He was at least the first one that brought it up. I'd never heard anyone talking about it before. He was the first one that said, you know, if we decide to close shop, we really don't have much to show for everything we put into the sport. So we'd like something out of it. And other teams must have liked it because it wasn't too much after that. I mean, maybe months after that, that NASCAR launched the uh, charter system. Well, you had a lot of other people. Ray Everham made a bunch of money as a team owner when he got out. Yeah. He partnered up with Richard Petty at first and, you know, got a bunch of money there. And then he, who else bought into that at one point? I don't remember. And so then he was like a 10% owner. And then he jumped on out and sold that somewhere, whether it was his other two partners then or not. But I mean, Jack Roush has, has now picked up a second partner with Brad Keselowski. Um, Richard Petty's gone on to, you know, be a minority partner in Legacy now. You know, he's got Jimmy Johnson in there and Gallagher. Yeah. Mary well, Gallagher. It- And like we've seen over the years, when drivers speak about the atrocities of whatever's going on, it 100 reflects how it's hurting them, not necessarily how it would affect the entire sport. So Rob was mad because he was a disgraced owner that couldn't get anybody to buy his team. So he wanted something uh, to be able to value to sell. And for some reason, NASCAR, uh, I guess, placated and and did what they did. It wasn't so much anybody to buy his team. It was anybody to sponsor his team. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Napa left <laughs> and he lost a lot. Um, and, you know, but anyways. Left, Napa left. Yeah, he, uh, they took a hit on the sponsor side of that whole deal. I mean, when, when you, you know, do something, I'm going to put it bluntly, that freaking stupid, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and NASCAR comes down on you, um, you know. It uh, it's going to drive the people away. That's yeah. all there is to it. Uh, and I guess we shouldn't really come down on Kaufman too much. We I I kind of feel like maybe I am, but it, it wasn't him that radioed across uh, to Clint Boyer that his arm was hurting or however that whole thing transpired. And maybe oh. Rob was the one involved in that and and made some sort of order. Um, but I, yeah, so I don't. I'm- I, I don't know if Kennedy made that call. Michael Waltrip might have made that call because Michael Waltrip knew a lot of stuff that was going down, mm-hmm. you know, as part of the owner, you know. Um, obviously, plausible deniability is, is one thing if you're getting into a legal standpoint, but the, nothing ever legal ever came of all this. And the other guy that was in that group that's been known to, uh, I don't know, tear a page out of the rule book completely, he didn't bend the rule. He just didn't, didn't want to read it again. So <laughs> he just tore the page out was Bobby Kennedy. Mm. He was the guy we had to deal with for seven or eight hours 
when Toyota trucks first came into the truck series and it was actually Michael Waltrip's money and everything involved in it, but listed as Daryl Waltrip's team. And Bobby Kennedy was the GM of that whole operation. And when they came through tech, there were four different Toyota teams and the four Toyota trucks all had the same 18 or 20 pounds of body filler in the front mm. for an aerodynamic advantage. I'm the one that caught it. That was my claim to fame as my big time teching or I had two or three of them, but that was the biggest one. Moving on a little bit more dirt conversation. Uh, I'm not going to uh, go through the rules because you could read through if you're interested, but junction motor speedway, Charger chassis, US 30 Speedway, they've all posted the Crown Vic rules. Um, I think I, I'm missing one of the tracks that has joined that that group. It was US 30. Um, is it Boone County Raceway? Who's the Friday night track that joined those guys? Um, I don't think it was Beatrice. Yeah, Boone County's Albion, right? Because that sounds yep. like who I think it was. It I must be it was Boone. Albion. Because they've got a Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night home for this class. Oh, that would be my guess. Yep. Junction Motor Speedway. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to glance through their the Charger chassis page, but the rules are out there. If you guys are interested in putting a car together, the uh, restrictions for who can uh, uh, run the class and um, and and the points and all that kind of stuff, and how the rules are going to be set up, the safety precautions, all that fun stuff. Those are all available, again, on the Charger Chassis, US 30, and Junction Motor Speedway Facebook pages. You'll have to scroll through those and uh, and track them down, but should be fairly easy. Uh, speaking of Junction Motor Speedway, they did put out their 2024 schedule. Uh, it does include uh, Test and Tune on April 6th. Race Saver Sprint Cars, although I was speaking to the man who owns the Race Saver Sprint Cars. Uh, that's a Friday, April 12th scheduled race. And I said, oh, hey, you're going to Junction. And he kind of looked at me a little bit puzzled and said, uh, I, I'm i not sure. I uh, haven't heard anything. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to be a race saver sanctioned class or just race saver rules. But they'll get that hashed out in the future. Season over looks like it's going to be April 27th. Then you got points. Malvern Bank 360 Sprint Car Series is going to be uh, there on Saturday, June 8th. Dirt Crown Sport Mod Summer Series is going to be there on June 22nd. Uh, High Plains Late Model Series. I haven't heard of this one. Have you heard of the High Plains Late Model Series? I think they're out of Western Nebraska, Colorado, and Western Kansas. Okay. That outfit runs on a pretty regular basis. Is it Lincoln County Speedway for North Platte, I want to say? I think it's Lincoln County Speedways in North Platte. Okay. And uh, that's a regular late model series out there. Mm-hmm. August 17th will be the Malvern Bank Super Late Model Series. Championship night will be August 24th. And then they've got a uh, McCool 100 back on the schedule featuring late models. Stock cars, sport mods, hobby stocks, sport compacts, Crown Vicks, and Cruisers. It's going to be a busy night. That's going to be Saturday, September 21st. And it looks like they're Saturday all through the year, except for that uh, Race Saver 305 Sprint Car Show on Friday, April 12th. So that might be is the that, only opportunity I've got to get out there. Is that 100-lap special, is that that, who was that person, M, M Camp or something, Memorial Race, something like that? Uh, Noonan Camp. Noonan uh, Camp. Barb go. Noonan Camp, I believe. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's a, the tribute race to, to, to Barb or not. Because I think that's what he told us when we talked to him 
few weeks ago is that he was uh, going to try and bring that race back. Yeah. So that again, that full schedule uh, is available on the Junction Motor Speedway Facebook page. Uh, I guess Elmer's daughter didn't get her way, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, uh, moving back, probably still in a wad then. <laughs> <laughs> uh well now now we just lost a listener why would you do that <laughs> good yeah, riddance we didn't have. <laughs> uh maybe someday we'll we'll tell you guys what we're talking about but not for a little while we're gonna let things calm down uh motor racing media posted a picture at uh the beginning of the year we didn't get a chance to talk about it uh last week's show uh but the updated um schematics i guess blueprints or, or ground layout for um for auto club speedway the reason why i wanted to talk about this is because we were kind of expecting auto club speedway to be back in uh 2025 but it sounds more like uh they're expecting the facility uh renovations and everything and the track to be done and them to possibly be back on the schedule for the nascar cup series 2026 schedule so you and I were kind of talking a little bit about it. Sounds like uh, if everything goes well this year for Iowa Speedway, they may actually get a second year. Yeah, um, if everything goes well, I because I still believe that Cup wants to go to Canada. Mm. And when that deal didn't come together this year, that's how the race ended up in Iowa. Okay. So yeah. you think maybe if, if it comes Iowa together did, in 25? Right. And it didn't come. Yeah. So if they get the race, since they're going to need another race, are they going to just go ahead and say, well, screw it. We've got Iowa Speedway. We'll run there again. Everything went great. You know, we made a lot of fans. You know, we sold the place out, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Or are they going to still try and go to Canada? Yeah. That's my question. And I look at the schematic that came out. I, I can't justify how big that track is by how big they said it was going to be. They said it was going to be a half-mile track like Bristol. Well, to me, that's nothing like Bristol, and it's a hell of a lot bigger than a half mile. Yeah. I mean, I've been there, and unless they tear down a whole bunch of grandstands, you know, the grandstands can't go like that. And it looks like they've kept, like they said they were going to do the front straightaway and pit road. Pit road was damn near a half mile long. Yeah. That pit road there was long. Yeah. Those are the largest pit boxes on the circuit. You know, maybe they had intentions of going one way and they've they've had to go a different way. Who knows? But it this looks like it's got some long straightaways compared to the corners. Right. I mean, it looks like Martinsville, but on steroids. Yeah. It's much longer with it, it kind of looks like I mean, it, it's so tough to tell by the schematic without seeing degrees of corner or anything like that and corner length and that stuff. But it looks like the corners are, are they, they're going to have to get hard on the brakes getting down into the corner and then uh, they're going to have a long straightaway to accelerate. And then again, to, to slow down again. Yeah. I mean, th the way the picture lays out, it, it doesn't look to scale like Martinsville. Yeah. I mean, it looks like there's a little more corner there, but it looks like there's a lot of more straightaway. Uh, a lot of facilities around it though. This looks a lot like uh, it just kind of, it, it, it reminds me a lot of, of Kansas, how everything's kind of blown up around it, not right there at the track, but, but a lot of uh, buildings being able to be purchased and uh, used for other things. Um, one one building's got what I'm seeing a million square feet. Next one's half a half yeah, a million. Big build. There's a couple of them there. 
Yeah. 952, that's almost a million square feet. 960 is almost a million. One's 1.2 million square feet. Another one's 1.2 million. There's some big buildings there. <laughs> I mean, it's in a big industrial complex now. You know, if you could see this on my screen, and I apologize, fans, if you can't, you guys can't, uh, don't, don't, aren't able to see this, but that 1.2 million square foot building almost looks like the track could fit inside of it. Right. Really it close. Yeah, it wouldn't quite, but pretty close. But if you look at the track, I mean, it's it looks like a crossbreed between either Richmond or Iowa Speedway and Martinsville. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. But I like the news that that uh, I guess it's it's very selfish for us that Motor Racing Media is projecting uh, them to be back on the schedule for 2026. So I'm optimistic that if we show up and we have a great time at Iowa Speedway in June that it may sway NASCAR to have a, a 2025 schedule uh, race there. And, uh, and to heck with Canada, we'll just do Iowa for two years. And if we go back to back, it, that may be more of an argument that we need to bump somebody else off and, and Iowa deserves a, a, a more permanent or at least another three, four years on the circuit for, uh, for the schedule. Right. But I mean, I, I don't know what more can be done unless they decide to sell some more tickets. Yeah. I mean, if they're sold out and they're not going to plan on putting any more tickets out, I, I just don't understand that plan. If they got, you know, if they had people, because I know they've got people that supposedly put a deposit down and didn't get a chance to buy tickets because they didn't know when the actual ticket sales started. Mm-hmm. I know there's people out there in that group. I know some of them. And uh, uh, I don't know why NASCAR just doesn't plan on putting some temporary bleachers in uh, one and four. You know, and selling yeah. another thousand tickets, it'd be easy to do. It really would. There's obviously people still on the waiting list that purchased uh, tickets, paid the paid a little bit of money to um, to uh, to get the right to purchase tickets, get in line or whatever. However, they did that, almost like a seat uh, seat license. Um, so there's obviously people out there that that still wanted to buy tickets, but right. they didn't get the opportunity. And as of yet, they still haven't named a president for the Speedway. Because mm. I've been on top of that uh, with Mr. Humphreys trying to, uh, you know, get our foot in the door and, you know, give them some love. You know, yeah. that's our backyard. So, you know, we need to take care of that. But if they're not going to help us, nothing we can do about it. I mean, even the ticket sales people still have David Hyatt listed, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. And maybe they'll start working on that stuff now that the year's over with and you're kind of over that hump of we'll deal with it next year. We'll deal with it next year. Well, now it's next year. You got to start dealing with this stuff now. We're we're uh, officially five months in change. Roughly. Yeah. So right at five months. Five months uh, maybe. Bouncing back and forth as effectively as I can. Boone County Raceway announced their 2024 schedule. Uh, just after the new year, they're going to kick things off with practice night on April 21st. And then uh, they're going to be uh, opening up their, their uh, season, April 26th. Um, with crown Vix, It's right there. Oh, there it is. So that answers my question. That's the Friday night home for the uh, crown Vic class. Uh, Cinco de Mayo night, mother's day night, sport mod throwdown veterans racing. Again, go through all the information. The big one, uh, one of my favorite races and the one that I absolutely love to go to, uh, the Tanner Pelster Memorial race, July 7th, uh, absolutely beautiful race. Uh, it, it, they do a great job with that race and drivers absolutely show up and, uh, it is a ton of drivers, some really great racing action. And they do a fantastic job putting that race on, uh, that's again, going to be July 7th. 
Um, go out to uh, Boone County Raceway. And this is the one with the comma in it because Boone County Raceway in Nebraska and Boone County Speedway in Iowa get mixed up quite a bit. But uh, Boone County Raceway is the uh, Nebraska track and they've got their schedule out for 2024. Well, if you go over to Boone County, Iowa, expecting to race in Albion, you're going to miss the show because it's not close enough to get there. I just, I guess I always, I brought that up because uh, uh, right around Super Nationals time, Ryan Kumpf always sends uh, James Roland and I a message and he's like, here we go. Here comes the, uh, are you guys racing tonight? Because they're confused between Boone County Raceway and Boone Speedway that has the Boone Super Nationals. Um, yeah, I can see that being a problem. I don't think I've got anything else. Uh, anything you can think of that we need to make sure to cover? Um, just uh, need to get in touch with the World Outlaws or the World of Wheels people and yep. uh, find out where we're at on that so we can start setting some of that out. I've been reaching out to some people and trying to get some stuff set up. And yep. I'm working on uh, some sponsorship for that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we covered everything we need to cover. Uh, I did want to make sure and uh, cover one more this coming weekend. Obviously, the Chili Bowl is this weekend. I imagine the um, the the uh, Quick Time guys, Quick Time guys, are going to be putting out a podcast, getting previewed for that. So make sure you go over and follow the Quick Time podcast for all your sprint car news. The following weekend is the Racer Swap Meet at uh, the Ag. I'm trying to scroll down far enough to get to it. Where is that at? Racers at the Ag Center in uh, in uh, Columbus, Nebraska, and they have moved buildings, I believe, from where they were last year. So make sure to pay attention to that. But um, I am they've they've invited us to come out and hang out, and I want to go out there. Uh, but the problem is, Sarah and I get back from uh, our week away in in Mexico the night before, and um, I'm not Maybe. sure I'm I'm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point we might get back at that time who knows if uh they let me back in the country but uh i am yeah, we're gonna i'm gonna try to go out there and, and make an appearance and, and maybe set up and just chat with people and um i don't know what we're gonna do but uh they've been, they've put out a request and, and quite frankly if somebody's interested in having us somewhere I, I i'd like to go and and uh and show up and and hang out because if they like us enough to invite us we should at least go but yeah we've always tried to accommodate Mm -hmm. definitely all right so that's uh what's coming up in the next couple of weeks uh coming up in turn number two once again it is dustin and terry of omaha speed shop we had a fantastic conversation with those guys so we will uh play that interview coming up next in turn number two for dark houston hey. i'm dan taylor hey the, yeah i did think of one more one or two more things actually oh, yeah go ahead um, Wait, we've got uh, uh, about six minutes left yeah, Mr. Jacob Hobshide, I saw one a Conci feature, I believe, down in its, I think it's Vado, New Mexico, where they're running uh, this past weekend and again next weekend. Um, they've got late models out there and then been running modifieds with them. Nice. Is he? I, I, I haven't been following Jacob since uh, I don't see him on a weekly basis at IED Speedway. Is he still in the modified or did he move into the late model? far as i know it was in a modified it could have been a late model i got a, a text from dave wilson who was watching the race saturday night so okay um, and i actually have plans to go up there next weekend and, and watch the races they've got i don't remember if it's thursday friday saturday and then for 10 grand to win and 25 on sunday or just friday saturday and 25 on sunday 
I think last year, I think Pat Pospisil, maybe Jesse Sobbing, and I know Bill Layton Jr. were all out there. Um, Bill Layton Jr. Uh, blew an engine in a qualifying spot one night. Um, but, yeah, that was just uh, results I got through Dave Wilson. And then I also read where the new uh, Todd Cooney partnership with uh, Flying Ryan Gustin, the Reaper, um, they won, was it in Tampa? It's Golden Isle Speedway in Tampa, I think. He won a 50-lapper late model race down there. Won a heat, started the feature fourth. Cooney started... He started a feature in like fifth and finished fourth, or not the feature, but the heat, but made the feature, started like 13th and finished ninth, 10th, something like that. So some of the local guys getting some racing done. Good deal. All right, guys, like we said, that's going to do it for us in turn number one. Dustin and Terry of the Omaha Speed Shop will be right back in uh, turn number two. Hang tight. Dork and I'll be right back. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, bra. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. Kick off the 2024 race season on the right foot at the Racers Swap Meet and Trade Show presented by Dirt Crown Promotions. Saturday, January 20th at the Ag Park in Columbus, Nebraska, starting at 8 a.m., featuring all things dirt track, asphalt, off-road, drag racing, boats, RCs, trailers, and oh, so much more. Drivers and crews can mix it up with industry insiders, industry experts, and track officials. Get the 2024 season off on the right foot with the Racers Swap Meet and Trade Show, Saturday, January 20th in Columbus, Nebraska. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get too quick to steak and lube. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Man, what a fun night. We've been having the last couple of weeks on a Quaker Steak and Lube. Always, guys, make sure you follow the front stretch Facebook page for when we post events. We're doing interviews with uh, different track champions, uh, industry people, influencers, uh, we picked up a Tom, Dick, and a Harry up the side of the road one night and talked to him. So it's, I mean, we'll literally talk to anybody that'll talk back to us. We've even talked to a couple of guys that won't talk to us. But uh, that's, that's what we like to do Sammy on that. Sammy Swindell. <laughs> that's what we like to do at Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. And uh, talking about Tom, Dick, and Harry, joining us on the show now, 
The uh, new owners of the Omaha Speed Shop, I guess I shouldn't say new owners, this is a, an adventure you guys have started together, Dustin and Terry joining us, so who started the idea and then who got duped? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, th there's, a, there's a third Silem partner, so uh, he's kind of the one that really, uh, I don't know that he's, he started it, I guess you could say that, he's, he bought the shop and... Uh, uh, you know, he'd been talking to us for years and years and years to get us to move back to Omaha. So we're both originally from here. We both lived in Brownsburg, Indiana, drag racing full time. And our careers were going good. And, and um, we just weren't ready to make the move back, right? And uh, so he put it on hold. And then uh, he moved. What, what year did you move back? In 19? Yeah, after the 19 season, I moved back to Omaha, me and my family. Yeah. And uh, then... COVID hit and kind of threw everything for a loop like it did everybody. Yep. And, uh, you know, here here I am. So um, so we so we started it, and then I was lucky enough to wrangle him in. Um, and that's kind of where we're at today. We're busier than, than we know what to yeah. do with, to be honest with you, you know? Okay, so you did get duped then. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, he said he'd never work on cars again, and here he is. So yeah. it's just, just yeah. you two guys then doing the work in the shop? Currently, right now, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But Hiring? What's that? Are you hiring? Uh, we're we're getting to that point. <laughs> oh, we got to discuss it. Yeah, yeah we, I it's, mean, it's we're backed up pretty far, you know, and that's great, right? That's, yeah, that, that's awesome. It's a it's a good problem to have. It's a great problem. Yes, to have, yeah. There's know, so they walk in every day looking. When can you do this? When can you do that? And it's I don't know. And you can't fix them fast enough. Yeah, right. No. I know yep. you and I had a good conversation at the open house that night with Pete Fink. Yeah, that was remember good. when he was telling us about that little. MG with the electrical problem or something out in Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> Said he finally gave the guy his money back and says, don't call me again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get plenty of those in there, and, and there's some in there right now that uh, just throw you for a loop, but that's what we're there for. You yeah. Know? We'll work through it. We'll figure it out. I, I, I love doing that. I mean, with my business, I've, I have people that message me all the time, and the number of times I've sat back and, and just haven't replied for like a day or two because I'm going through the progressions of what could cause it. How, how they explained it is probably the biggest hurdle because it, it, especially for, for like I, I assume with, with uh, people within the industry that there's a little bit of a lingo that you may be able to decipher a little bit more but people are just they don't use very good terms and so I got to kind of decipher what they say and then what could be causing it and then potential fixes and well we just joking about this the other day the, uh, the language barrier from yeah. somebody that may not exactly know what they're talking about so you got to figure out and talk to them and pull it out of them almost yeah. you know Yep. I don't remember what it was the other day. Uh, Days Spartan. of Thunder. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had a guy come in. He's like, oh, you know, you got to put that plastic thing in there. Like, oh, no, I don't know what plastic thing you're talking about and where you want me to you put it. You know the plastic it. thing. Yeah, and he just, it's like, hang on, let's talk about this a little bit. I, yeah. I need to know a little bit more before you leave. I'm really glad this interview is happening now. My girlfriend just left. And one thing her and I are working on is I turn to her every once in a while and I go, okay, you can't tell me to move the thing. You got to use your words. Yeah. What exactly. is thing? <laughs> She's like, D -d 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 -d. and I'm like, use your words. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's been interesting P getting to know people. Yeah. And how they interpret things and, and you know reality versus you know what's happening and yeah. we've we've had to call the customer. Hey, come take me for a ride. I I'm not feeling me. what you're yeah. feeling. Let's uh let's go for a ride and then we'll figure it out from there. Well, especially from from where you guys came, you know. 
tearing apart top fuel motors and putting them back together in what 75 minutes or whatever they give you between rounds or something. Forty-five. And there's, it's forty-five. <laughs> well, I think there's our, been a couple. Our of record those. one time was 28 minutes. Is what Jesus. from the time it got in the pit till we had till we hung the starter on it to fire it up was 28 minutes and. Uh, just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got a half dozen people, and everybody knows what they're doing. I mean, if I've it's, sat there and watched it, and it it's, it's like organized. a ballet. All right, you know, yeah. time for the stupidest question of the night, which there'll be more. It's early. <laughs> How do you not burn yourself? Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> isn't that one of the reasons why NASCAR made some of those switches? Is because like teams would just change engines. They go off for qualifying, they change an engine. They go off for practice, they change an engine. Eventually, NASCAR's like, you guys are just. You're burning yourselves, and no. it's it's a safety issue. No, that wasn't no. for NASCAR. NASCAR's deal was money. Ah, yeah, that's plain They're, and simple uh, money. Yeah. If uh, boy, how many header burns do you have? Yeah. Everywhere. Right. Yep. It's just part <laughs> of I got them all over. I got right. Remember Charlotte? I turned into the flywheel. I looked like <laughs> a terrible tribal tattoo all over my arm. Right. Or you're doing the bottom end. You used to have what's called a pan fire. You drop the pan real fast. And it's a flash fire. Mm. I've had one of those. I just part of it right yeah but you wouldn't be doing anything else it's yeah. just the way it was so you moved back up to omaha started this omaha speed shop what is uh are you guys servicing consumer vehicles or is it mostly race industry 80s and older okay. um is really what it is you know yeah. um there just seemed to be a need for it and okay. we found that niche and that's oh. what we're doing and yeah, it, we're... it couldn't work out any better all right so um we need to get him in touch with chris to, to come down and do a booth during classic car cruising sometime i mean it Probably. would work perfect come down here on a thursday night they get a packed parking lot full of american classics i mean literally this place on a weekly night 165 to 200 classics and i'm sure there's a couple of guys that oh. would that would help you guys out with some business yeah I, I, so, yeah. yeah well we need, might need to hire a guy or two <laughs> Well, you get till next spring. Well, so that's true. That's put true. that yeah. put that up on uh, next on uh, on. Uh, Everybody keeps saying, "I just need it in the spring. I just need it in the spring." But we got so many of those jobs going right now. It might not be spring when we get done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we need it before spring, and you can park it back in your right. shop. Right. I counted right. the other day. We had twenty three cars in the shop. Jesus. And not all of them are being worked on. Uh, Sean, he's yeah. got a handful there, but. 15 of them were there for service or of some sort so we've been we've been busy i mean we've we got a couple collectors that keep us busy and then i mean every other day it seems like somebody walks in and says hey i got this can you guys look at this and how many of those 15 are there for that plastic thingy for the, <laughs> no, not yeah not yet he's coming though they're coming <laughs> uh it's it, got to be a good customer What's that? Pete's got to be a good customer. Pete uh, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Yeah. Really? Uh, it's just he's busy. We're busy. We'll come together eventually, you know, but uh, it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Well, that's okay. With know. what he spends for cars, they shouldn't need to be worked on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to imagine one of the major issues with your guys' business is finding the parts. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, like that, the, I think, and, and you just never know what you're going to get, right? I mean, like, you're going to walk into, like, right now we're... We're changing the engine on a 69 Camaro from a 396 to a 427. So we ordered a crate motor from Summit. We get it in there. It's the wrong oil pan. So now you got to, right? You got to take it all the way back out. Yep. But 
I would say parts is the worst part of it so far. Like one one time we waited a week for a lower radiator hose for a '68 Chevelle. It's yeah. a pretty common thing, I would think. But it's '68 uh, Chevelles are kind of old too, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, especially if they're going to just stay with a rubber formed hose. I mean, you know, unless they're going to dress it up and right. go steel braided, then you just make the thing and you're done with it. Yeah. No, it's it's. Um, God, we've waited weeks and weeks for a lot of stuff. Like the '55 Olds that's in there right now. We had to go to an Oldsmobile place to find all the gaskets it needed for the transmission. It was leaking on both. It's got a pan on this side and a pan on the other side. They're both leaking. We had to fix that opinion seal. We had to go through this place. Like, like should be what you think normal stuff is. Not anymore for these older cars. And that would just be infuriating for me to look at a car, sit over in the corner of the shop, and think, I could have that car out of here with the damn hose. <laughs> Well, there was a 54 Corvette. I think it took me a month and a half to find a pinion seal for it. <laughs> yeah. True story. Yeah. True story. I called. Uh, we ended up having a friend in California. He happened to have one. He sent it to us. Um, there was a 67 Tri-Power Vet that we had to wait for the right carburetor bowl to show up on eBay because we couldn't find one. Yeah. You know, um, just things like that. It's It's been an eye-opening experience for sure, you know. Like well, you said, it's not like Top Fuel anymore. You you make one phone call, and it's all new stuff, right? That's right. not what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. If you need just one and the guy says, I got two, do you buy them both? What's that? If, if you're looking for a carburetor bowl, you need one. And you find a guy and he says, I got two, do you just buy them both? Yeah, just buy them both for sure. And we're learning that in a hurry, you know. Um, yeah. You got to have them, right? You know, you never know what's going to come through the door. So. Oh, she just told me we're out of high noons for the night. My heart <coughs> just broke. Uh, so you guys both, both grew up in Omaha. What part of Omaha were you from, Terry? South Omaha. I went to Bryan High School. Okay, so south and heading west. 25th and Chandler. Yeah, I know right where that's at. Yeah. Uh, my stepbrothers lived on 13th and Chandler, and, yep. and they ended up at South, so the dividing line in there somewhere? Or, somewhere. Or do you have a choice? Uh, no, not really. It was Brian, <laughs> or, I, but it, where we lived was right between the Bellevue schools, too, so the neighborhood on one side went to Brian, and the, on the other side went to uh, Bellevue West. So When I was in high school, there was just Bellevue. <laughs> there yeah. was no West, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but there was Brian High and, and some of that stuff, so... And you? That's part So uh, I grew up on, I uh, went to or- Our Lady of Lords Catholic School okay. uh, through fifth or sixth grade, something like that. And then, uh, so we lived on 13th Street down there by Loso Mills. A couple blocks, low, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, a yeah. couple blocks from there. Yeah. And then my family moved down to Union, Nebraska, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that at all. I know exactly where it is. And uh, yeah, not a lot of people do. <laughs> I got a baseball small. jersey from there for my grandson. So. Oh, really? And uh, graduated school down there, and then I was 19. I took my first job with Doug Herbert, moved to North Carolina, and back here 20 years later. So, yeah. So, so you guys are working at the Omaha Speed Shop uh, Facebook page. Do you guys have anything up yet? Yeah, about that. Yeah, we do. We're we, just not very good at it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. we're working on it. Work in progress. Well, it's bu- I mean, it's busy. You got to... Yeah, well, that and social media. I haven't had social media my whole life until recently, so oh. <laughs> it's a learning curve. Yeah, God the, bless you. He teaches me stuff every day, so... Yeah, we, we have a page. Uh, Sean takes care of it. We send him pictures all the time, and it's there's quite a few pictures of cars on there, and I don't know. There's... Yeah. It's the, it, showing you guys listen, what we do. Yeah, oh. it's it, social media is an easy thing to maintain, in yeah. in practice. In you theory, know, in theory, for you guys, just 
post a sexy picture of a car you're working on <laughs> two or three times a week, and the eye candy will be through the roof. You know, I used to think that it'd be easy to make one post every day, yeah. and that that's not true. Like it was no, very. It is. You just get involved with stuff, yeah. right? And uh, it was not easy. And there's way more cars that we've ever worked on than what Facebook represents. But uh, uh, yeah, it's we're learning. We're the, trying. Well, we're learning. The, we're, uh, I, I know I've reached out to you on, on Messenger through Facebook, and six weeks or whatever it was, I didn't get an answer. And hey, they're having an open house. Well, they're going to have this guy visit. <laughs> and I walked in, and he happened to be talking to Pete. Pete, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. know I've known Pete for thirty years, so you know I could jump yeah. right in that conversation. So the, the big handy thing for you guys would be uh, schedule posts. Or at least hire a social media manager. Yeah, we, so, we might need you know, to. <laughs> it's because I've I've done that with a, I have a, a barbecue shop, Little Smoky Barbecue, and uh, I I started working with them, and I said, listen, you guys are an automatic, right? You know, food porn is right. is automatic with you guys. It's food. It looks delicious. Right. Every morning at 10 a.m., you post what your special is that day. Great. Well, then they do it every once in a while, and I'm like, all right, listen, you're going to sit down. You don't, guys don't open on Sundays or Mondays. Sundays. You're not open on Sundays. Sit down and schedule all your posts for the week. You're done. Takes you 10 minutes. What's the post? It just copy and paste. It could be the same thing every week. Well, then we got to do, now you got to take pictures because pictures react a little bit more. And it, just doing that, their business is up like 15% just because they sit down every Sunday. They schedule the pictures. They schedule the posts, the text, everything. And it, it goes out every morning at 10 a.m., whatever they're doing that morning. And it's at that perfect time that people are thumbing through their phone. And they're like, God, that brisket sandwich looks amazing. Well, one of these days we'll. <laughs> so it's, it's easier for them because they've got dedicated times that they right. can tease people to come in. Right. You guys are going to be a little bit more difficult. But, you know, a, a post every day at like 3 o'clock. Hey, here's sure. a new car just out the door or a new car that's coming in. Eye candy. Well, well, how many times do you have your 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 phone rings or a text and your hands are so greasy with something? Yeah, you don't even want to touch <laughs> you it. You know, you just don't. You just oh. get involved. Yeah. You don't think about it. Yeah. You aren't the new age mechanics that wear the uh, the rubber gloves. Yeah, that used to crack me up when I first went into a uh, shop and I saw guys in the rubber gloves. And, rubber gloves, right? I got to go somewhere else get my car. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you shop at Napa and buy rubber gloves, Dustin's on the box. Oh, here we go. Now it starts. Here we go. <laughs> Are you big time? What's that? Are you big time? No, don't You're listen Napa to him. box he's, big he's time? He's been drinking all day. He's oh, okay. lunch. Don't listen to him. Why'd you wait so long? <laughs> I was waiting for the boss to start. Yeah. If you're on the box, you ought to get a, uh, a royalty check on that deal. Well... I looked into that, but they altered the picture just enough to where they didn't have to. And I knew the people that did, we knew the people that did it, and they even said that's just what they do. So yep. what do you well, do? You know, I tried. Obviously, that's uh, uh, one of the handicaps for working with Ron Caps, I guess. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but they covered my face. You know, it was just a neck down. <laughs> they blur you out. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> now, do you think they did that because of royalties or so they didn't scare kids off? Both, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you worked with Ron Caps for a while? We both did. Uh, I started, um, there was a team swap actually in 2012. And uh, I was on, well, the whole team was on Beckman's car. And uh, Caps didn't qualify the Spring Vegas. And we were running well, so we did a team swap then. And that's when I started working for him. What year did you start? 16, 15? 16 was my first year in Ron's car. Yeah, so um, yeah, so we both in 16 we both won the championship with him. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, 
God, he's got three championships. I've got two. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. You've 40 race wins. I don't know how many race wins you've got. Yep, around 40-something. Like, yeah, lost something track. like that. It was so, around, it was around that time. Both careers, you know. I mean, that's there's people mm-hmm. that would kill for a one win, you know, and we've got double digits, so it's been it's been an awesome journey. Wow. It, really no, has, it was a good you know. thing for you guys. Um, it must have been around 15, no, it was around 16 or 17 when we interviewed Ron, yeah. I think, on the radio show. He came on to promote the uh, NHRA Heartland Nationals, right? Yeah, Topeka. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's sad to see that track go. I know. Right? I mean, I heard rumors that if they can't fill an entire season, that they might run there next year, but rumors are rumors, right? You know, or if this new well, track doesn't get underway, I've, I've heard all kinds of things. Who knows what's going on? It, it sounds like the, the owner is just, he's basically giving a big middle finger to the city council because they're going to raise his taxes Finally. So well, they've, he's out of sight right now. So, right. Yeah. You know, he just finally got tired of it. I mean, he should have probably shut that thing down 15 years ago. Yeah, that thing's always been in trouble. I mean, there's always been some murmur about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, For a long time. You know, he he had NASCAR come in there for several years with a truck series. They'd run the road course there. That was the first truck race I ever had to to work. Right. And uh, because I'd been doing all the local dirt track up here. And they said, yeah, we'll get some local guys. And that led to me working nationally with NASCAR. But, uh, yeah, we've done... uh, uh, Ron Cap, um, did oh, Tommy God. Johnson a couple different times, but I, I sure. met Tommy when he was 16. Right. When he ran a, a John Jacobson, he used to have the chassis shop here in Omaha. Uh, built Tommy an old Calais in like '86, and I met him down at Sean's because I lived like four doors up the street from Jacobson <laughs> shot there on 83rd. John I was down there all the John time. John Force is probably our favorite, at least our favorite easy, drag interview. Easy. He's just mm-hmm. he's just like TV though on on the radio. Oh, it was nah, he's, insane. He's, he's, but he's, he's, I remember we ended that interview. I hung up the phone and I said, I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just trying to keep up with him. He's wide open all oh. the time. Oh. Was there, and I, I'm not into the drag racing world at all. Was there a little bit of a rivalry between him and Ron Caps or just competitive? Competitive for yeah. sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say I don't, a rivalry. I don't know if there's a whole lot of rivalries. I mean, I guess there is, but. Yeah. They come and go. I'm sure yeah, like yeah. anything else. You yeah. know, somebody says something that the other person doesn't like or they take too long to stage or something like that, you know. But yeah, um, That's I don't a, know there's rivalries anymore so much, you know. Yeah, there might be. I just oh, I don't think there's quite any snake and mongoose out there. Nothing yeah, like that. No, no, I think those days are – I don't say they're over. But you never know what's going to happen. But I think those days are, you know, it's just yeah. different time, right? And that's oh, okay. definitely. We've, yeah. we've got a pretty – a couple of good ones that have came over the last couple of years from NASCAR. Uh, Hamlin, well, Hamlin in general. Hamlin and NASCAR. <laughs> in the field. <laughs> the Brad Keselowski and Carl Edwards were oh, two guys that I both met and know very well when I worked in the truck series. Yeah, those guys are always fighting. So. Yeah. Well, they were. And two incredibly nice guys, but they're passionate. In well, just in general, I feel like there's always somebody swinging at yeah. somebody. You know, yeah. And it happens. Is I don't it know pretty good or bad? I, mean, I don't know. Well, it's good for ratings. It's good for well, TV. You know. True. Yeah. The next usually the next week the ratings are a little up, and then there's not a fight, so then they kind of come back down to normal. But that's enough NASCAR talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, right. you lost me a sad dad. Yeah, there you go. Uh, what is the, uh, the the biggest thing you've learned over the last uh, couple of weeks with having the shop? Like one of those things you're just like, Jesus, I, I can't believe I didn't know that. Have you learned what the plastic thingy is? <laughs> <laughs> Is it that? Is it deciphering what people are telling you? That's kind of a big one, but it's harder. Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. You go first. Over the last week or so. Well, you guys been well, in business for what a year? 
right out. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. about a year. Yeah, and so in that time frame, like maybe it's that you had no idea you'd spend that much money on shop towels or you things take a lot longer than we thought. Yeah. And we're we're and for what we do, it's hard to like you know you can take your normal car in and they can look it up and say oh that's supposed to take two hours. Well, there's a lot of stuff that we do that no longer in the Chilton book. Well, yeah, and then you know when you're swapping a turbo. 350 for a 4L60E, like, there's no book for that. Yeah. There's nothing that says it's going to work right, but we're trying. We're and it, it's, I'm going to kind of relate a little bit back to the computer business where I build a custom computer. Like, everything looks like it's going to work right. Yeah. And then you start sticking things together and you're like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I think, I don't know, for me, I think it's, uh, you know, everybody thinks it should take an hour or two, right? And then, you know, you talk to them like, no, this is not how this is going to go. Like, simple engine swap has turned into quite the deal. And like he's talking about, putting another transmission in has turned into a huge deal. And then sometimes you get into what other, other projects people started or it's been a couple other shops and now you're trying to clean that up. And um, it's been kind of eye-opening from yeah. that standpoint. Like, things that have been cobbled together and you're like, whoa. In fact, we just had a... Um, uh, I don't know how else to explain it. A 64 front half Corvette and a 66 rear Corvette, and somebody welded them, to, welded the frames together, and then they tried putting fiberglass in the middle to put the tubs together. And we put it up on the lift, and you can see where the body was starting to separate. And we had to tell the guy, "We are not working on this. Like you got to take this car back." Because you know, it's <laughs> yeah. a liability thing at that point, right? It was but it's just it's amazing break. what people will do to make a buck too you know and sometimes these and i hate to to you know like meek them and, and we've gotten some of those cars and we've got cars without transmission pan gaskets Barrett jackson bear it's like just some wild stuff that people just shove through there you think yeah. you know and people are paying high dollar for this stuff to get a car that has a leaky transmission because it's got no pan gasket on it just simple things like and that. and you get to be the one that calls and be like hey right this is why it's leaking yeah you know i mean so just the interesting stuff like yeah. that i don't know that anything really sticks out but every day it's something new every week it's something new yeah. it's mind-blowing some of the stuff like two yeah. cars put together and you know uh, the guy's in a lawsuit with who he bought it from so you know uh, i i signed up for an outfit from uh new york um to appraise collector type cars sure and i went like five months without getting a call from these people and all of a sudden they called me and we need this done tomorrow so i went out somewhere off 180th center and i looked at a 56 ford you know supposed to be all original i'm pulling up in the driveway and the guy's backing it out and it's got Kreger wheels on it and <laughs> i'm like well where's this all original stuff so it was about a 50 50 car right but it was in decent shape, didn't have a bunch of rust or anything in it, and so I'm filling out this form that they sent me, and I couldn't fill half of it out because it was all aftermarket stuff. So then I'm saying, you know, and they said, well, you didn't fill this out. I said, yeah, I did. Here's some pictures of the car. It is not all original. <laughs> that was the only job I did for them. It, it was supposed to pay 100 a quarter and take two hours. Yeah, I paid about 15 cents an hour. about that deal pays. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of break some hearts once in a while when you kind of get into this industry. What people think is all original or, you know, whoever looks under, nobody ever looks under their car, really. You know, everybody just drives it around until it leaks and they send it to us. But sometimes you, you get it up in the air and you got, you know, this, yeah. ain't, this ain't so hot Numbers matching. Yeah, numbers matching. And, <laughs> and that kind of sucks, too, right? You know, you got to break hearts once in a while. That's the way it goes. Uh, Terry, tell me about the your favorite thing you've worked on the last year. In the last year? Um, 
I don't know. The 53 Packard was pretty cool. Just probably never ever see another one or drive another one except for this one. We got some more things to do on it. The Hemi Charger last two weeks ago was pretty cool. Um, a 60s Hemi Charger. 68 Hemi Charger. Black. I got a problem with black cars, so it was perfect for me. But <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. There's a 34 Ford in there that's pretty neat right now. It's an all-steel car with a – it was actually up on one of these lifts in here for seven or eight years, they told us. I think it was uh, on that lift right yeah, there. Yeah, I think it was on that lift. Is it – Red? I was thinking – I'm thinking of a black one, but – No, the red one was right there. Was it? Yeah, it was. I think it was here when they first opened this place. Probably. Yeah, it was, a, it was, it was like quite a while ago. It was here for six time. or seven years, and that was five or six years ago, I think. Well, they opened like in – was 16 years ago? They're coming up on 16. It's like 2007. Yeah. So it probably yeah, was. Yeah, it was here for a while. Yeah. yeah. I think it was right on that hoist yeah. right there. Dustin, what's yours? You know, I'm a, a – I guess I'm a Chevy guy. You could say that. But there is a 69 Mach 1 428. Oh, I'm just in love with this car. That, it's just a phenomenal car. Oh, Fastback. Yeah. Just a – CJ car? Cobra Jet car? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just a – I haven't looked at the numbers, but it's supposed to be numbers matching, and it's just a wonderful car. Just yeah. Like, you just fall in love with this car instantly. And, and you know. this is kind of the unfortunate thing with, you know, I would say over the last 20 years is that this uniqueness of the cars has really gone away. Would yeah. you say it's longer than that, or is that time from 20, 30 years? Like, it's, there was kind of a generation where it just it went from just this unique personal car to now it's just it's a – cookie-cutter factory piece. Mid-late 80s for me. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would agree with that. Um, there's those one cars that just come in that are just, just kind of they're in their own category, and for yeah. me, that one is in its own category, you know. Um, it was nope. just, it's just a great car. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's, what it's, pops in my head is kind of the last car, and that thing would be like a Buick Grand National. Those are sweet. And you know, you're in 86, 87, mm-hmm. something like that. They had the... Uh, Monte Carlo Aero Coupe and the Grand Prix Aero Coupe, those were kind of neat. But after that, it yeah, there wasn't much. I mean, everything went to front wheel drive, front wheel drive, four cylinder, six cylinder, gas mileage. (laughs) (laughs) One of the uh, unique things I think about our job is we get to drive so many different cars. Yeah, and it's amazing what you think you would have bought. Like, say you have a pile of money, what you think you would have bought, maybe. Maybe you don't buy that now. I don't drive as many as he does. Cause I'll be honest, I'm nervous about driving some of these cars. Yeah. But it's pretty cool driving all these different muscle cars and these things you've seen in magazines for years and in car shows and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, um, what I, the cars I fit in. Oh, we run in overtime? Yeah, that was I hard. didn't even notice it. Yeah, it was quick. <laughs> Jeez. But keep going, keep going. No, I'm just, just in general, the things <laughs> that you would fall in love with and you think and then also, man, I don't know if I yeah. like that that much, you know. Now that you get to drive it and work on it, like that Hemi Charger, it was a cool car, yeah, it was. but a pain to work on. Oh, yeah. like, I don't know if I'd own one of these if I had to, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, I, the, the vehicles I've owned in my life, it's, there truly is personalities to every one of them. They've got oh, little yeah. little ways that they drive, the nuances, the, 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 the way the throttle reacts, the way the brake reacts, the way it shifts, and just this little stuff, even with, with newer cars today. Like it's, there's still personalities to them, and, and I miss certain aspects of my old cars, and I love aspects of my new car. And, uh, it, it's funny how the, it's just a, it's a little, it's a, it's a way to get you from point A to point B, but, man, there's, 
I put a lot of investment in those, like just yes. emotional yeah. investment. In them. I had a 52 Chevy in high school with a straight six and three on the tree. And it was 90 degrees on that bus steering wheel <laughs> before the wheels started oh, to yeah. move. <laughs> we just, we had a 51 and the other day we just pulled the six on the out of. The old Babbitt bearings and oh, I had little a, scoopers on the crank to throw the oil around in there. What's what's kind of fun about our job, the neat part is you can drive a completely stock 68 Chevelle or Camaro or whatever, and you can drive one that's had a lot of stuff done to it. It just, whatever comes to the door. And they all drive totally different. Totally different. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. Friday, personality. I, Everything's got a different personality. We got a, uh, is it a 55 or 56 Buick? Or Olds, I mean. That 88. 55, I think. 65 Olds, 88. Completely stock, original car. And it drives great. Like, you just get it in, it cruises yeah. around. It's... I think it's one of the only vehicles I've ever driven with four-wheel drum brakes that they actually worked good and it didn't turn left or right when you pushed on the brakes. God. And then, <laughs> then you can get in a, to a car like Dustin was talking about that Mustang, and it's just, it's just I don't even know how to describe it. It's a beast. We got a blown big block 71 Monte Carlo in there. Dustin took it for a ride, and he's like, I don't know. You just go drive it because it's such an obnoxious, outrageous car. Yeah. You can go all different directions and what kind of vehicles you're going to drive. Dustin and Terry, I hate wrapping this up. We're no. having fun talking about this. Yeah. This is the good stuff. You guys have got to join us at the uh, World of Wheels car show in uh, March. We'll be, we, we have a booth there. You got a so booth there? I think okay. we actually have a really big booth. We have two booths Maybe there. two yeah. booths there. So well, I'd, I'd love to because. You know, and maybe this is one of those instances where I, I've always wanted to do something with Stan Caesar and Tom Grasso where we walk around car shows. And I've got them mic'd, and I would like to do a video aspect of it, but I'm, I'm an audio guy. I'm not a video guy at all. Sure. But just walk around and talk about this stuff because I think it's just fascinating that all the little details of, of the reason why they went with this fender and the reason why the, the taillight looks like this and all those little things. Like T Tom Grosso and Stan Caesar just got that knowledge locked up. I think it would be fun. It would be great to do it with you guys. If I could find a way to do that, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, shoot, I can't believe 30 minutes is already gone. We didn't I know. really talk about, like, I don't know what we're going to talk about, to be honest with you. We didn't even scratch the surface. We never like, really racing, do either. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Welcome to the front stretch. Yeah. <laughs> we just wing it. This was fun. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah for was, sure. We need to do it again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll sell it. Uh, if you guys got booths set up down there, um, we usually set up Friday, and then we don't do interviews. We do all day interviews on Saturday. From like ten in the morning till six or seven at night, sure, and then come back and start on Sunday and go from like ten to three. Yeah. So we'll be able to swing around and find your booth. And uh, we got my yeah. number now. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll figure something out. Yeah, and we plan on having eight to ten cars, like customer cars. Like, hey, we'd like to put your yeah, car. feature it. Feature like it. Some of them aren't the the nicest. They're not show cars, but it's what we work on. And yeah. People are proud just, of them. So just as long as <laughs> the horror stories of, of, of going to this every year, there's been a very much of a learning process with working with the uh, the auto parts guys, the World Wheels auto guys. Uh, one year we got set next to a live uh, demo show. And they were they were chopping a top on an old Henry J. We'd be in the middle <laughs> of an interview and they'd fire up a, and a grinder and just start grinding on the roof of this car and we're like, well, well I guess we're done. And then on, on the other side of their booth. <laughs> Was the band? Ah. <laughs> band playing right next to us. You guys are in a great spot. So the, the first thing no. we went up there, we're like, "Hey, maybe next year you could put us in a little bit more quiet of an area." And they're like, "We didn't even think about that." That's funny. <laughs> we're so, so sorry. Yeah, the last two years, last year we were right by the uh, 
interview stage. Yeah. So clear on the north end, and uh, I think we're going to be counts cars was right up there off to our right, and they had the valve cover races to our left. Yeah. <laughs> and it, the year before that, we were in that corner with the valve cover races. So Dustin didn't make I, it to the World I, Wheels last year. I, yeah, I was in Gainesville racing, and uh, so this will be my first one actually with the shop. Cool. Yeah, Maybe. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> let's not lock anything that in yet. Thing, we'll yeah, see. Kind of just keep drawing me back in. <laughs> yeah, you know? I can't get away from it. Uh, Dustin and Terry of Omaha Speed Shop. Where are you guys located at? Uh, Forty sixteen Hamilton Street. Forty sixteen. What's Hamilton? Fortieth and Hamilton is the best okay. way to spread it. North. Guess, you know, you see the Got gates it. open. Come oh, on. Oh, because I go I go up that north uh, seventy five every once in a while when I'm going up like Alpine Inn or Hamilton exit up to that area. Just, so the Hamilton Street's one of those main exits. Just north of Cummings. Yeah. And that would be yeah. is that is that east of of seventy five? West. 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 It's west. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Seventy five yeah. is about twenty sixth Street. Okay. Give or take. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So. Uh, well, cool. Uh, and can people come by and see what you guys are doing and and talk yeah. to you guys? And the gates are open. Come on. Yeah. You know for sure. You know. Sometimes so. they have coffee and donuts and. Uh, we're gonna. <laughs> well, when Sean's there, there's coffee and donuts. Yeah, they might start doing uh, coffee and donuts on Saturdays or something this winter when there's nothing going on. It's okay. cold out, something to do. Okay. You know, All right, I'm sure. listening. Um, I'm listening. <laughs> might be there working anyway, so. Yeah. Might as well have coffee and donuts. <laughs> hey, right? I mean, why not? You know? And a little whiskey for the coffee. Well, I was going to say, I've got some, he sells, got some he bottles. Sells booze for a, sells yeah. booze for a living. He, he can hook you up. <laughs> some bottles we can bring by. We'll, we'll get that uh, noon drinking time pushed back just a little bit. Right. Go to 10 a.m. I mean, yeah. there's no sense of waiting. <laughs> well, it's Saturday, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dustin, Five and Terry, <laughs> Dustin and Terry of Omaha Speech Up. Guys, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank this you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, look forward to it. That's going to do it for us today. We're going to be back next week with another episode. Big thanks to Quaker Steak and Lube, Joe's Carding, Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners. Find out what Rick can do for you today and Tailored Computers and Repair. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Carding. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the Pubcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's gonna run faster, cooler, and the battery's gonna last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information.